that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for this word that we're going to hear today. We thank you that your word is life-giving. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank you for the Spirit of God, who's the ultimate teacher in our lives. And as we have gathered together to hear from the Spirit of God, I thank you that no one will leave this place spiritually unfed. And I pray that the direction that people need, answers that they need for their lives, and Father, revelation from your word will help bring clarity to their walk with you. And I thank you that I, as I have decreased that the anointing of God has already saturated this place so that we can hear from the Spirit of God. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. This is going to be a very different lesson this morning because this is what I did not plan to teach. Normally, when God changes my message, it's because somebody needs it. So I was not intending to teach this lesson, but look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I think it's going to be for you. Now look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, if it ain't, it's still for you. There are many times in life when we plan things that may not end the way we thought or times where we have obeyed God, but the results did not look good. And so today's lesson will help us understand why things go, can go wrong even when we did what was right. And so our lesson entitled today is what to do when what was right ended up wrong. I know my, my, my CD people are just going crazy right now because that's, that was a lesson that I gave them. But that's okay. I'm going to give you the lesson title again. What to do when what was right ended up wrong. Have you ever obeyed God? And when you obeyed him and you stepped out and did what you thought he told you to do, the results didn't look like he told you to do it. I want you to turn your Bibles to Psalm 19. Psalm 19. I believe this is going to bless somebody this morning. Psalm 19. No, Proverbs 19. I'm sorry. Proverbs 19. And here's the point I want to start out with. God allows us to plan, but his purpose should always be our destination. I'm going to say it again. Proverbs 19. God always allows us to plan. But his purpose, say his purpose. His purpose should always be our destination. And in Proverbs 19, look in verse 21, if you would. I'm going to read it out of the King James, and then I have a, a couple of more verses I'm going to read in different translations. It says, there are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. Now, in the NIV, I love it. It says, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that is going to prevail. 
The message translation makes it even more clearer. It says this. We humans keep brainstorming options and plans. But God's purpose prevails. I'm going to say that again. We humans keep brainstorming options and plans. But God's purpose. Say God's purpose. God's purpose is what is going to prevail. So I want you to write this down this morning as our first take home statement. My direction must fit God's destination. I'm going to say that again. My direction must fit God's destination. Now, uh, it is very easy to do the right thing the wrong way. How many know that? I mean, you can say something to your spouse. You can say the right thing, but you can say it the wrong way. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. And, it, and, and, and even if you said the right thing, but if you said it the wrong way, they didn't hear nothing of what you said. They all they heard was your attitude. You didn't have to talk to me like that. <laughs> Some of y'all said that on the way here this morning. In other words, we can know the will of God or the destination of God, but take the wrong route to get there. Go to Genesis chapter 11. Go to Genesis 11. Go to Genesis 11. Let me show you this example in the Bible. This was a group of people who they tried to do something, do the right thing, but they did it the wrong way. In Genesis chapter 11, verse 4. Now, this is the people when they were building the Tower of Babel. And God designed every person that's born. He put an innate desire in them to know him. Even atheists, they're so dumb that they put, we don't believe in God. Well, why would you put his name in there if he didn't exist? (laughs) Hello, somebody. (laughs) You can do the right thing the wrong way. In in Genesis chapter 11, look in verse 4. It says, and they said they were building some... uh, uh, Let's look in verse 3. And they said to one another, let's go up and make brick and burn them. And they made some brick and stone. And in verse 4, it says, go and let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach unto where? Heaven. And let us make us a name. How many know that's a problem? Because anytime you are doing something and it's all about you, even if God told you to do it, the destination might be right, but your, your route is wrong. They said, let us build something. That, let us make a name for ourselves. Let us build this company. Let me do this. Let me do that. And so what happened? It says, it, and they begin to do it. And it says, and now nothing will be restrained from them, which they had imagined. In verse 7, it says, God said, let us go down there and confuse their language that they may not understand each other's speech. And and that's when they got scattered abroad, and that's how we got different languages. But here's my point. They were trying to do the right thing the wrong way. Because God designed us to want to know him, but you can't know him your way. That's why Jesus is the only way. It didn't say, he didn't say, I am a way a truth, and a life. He says, I am 
the way, the truth, and the life. And he said, no man can get to the Father unless they come through me. So there's no other way through to God unless you go through Jesus Christ. Amen. Hope that that cleared somebody up right there who was confused. All right. So, uh, you know, this happened in my life. Everybody say years ago. Years ago, you know, I was called to ministry. I knew I was in 1992. In in fact, in 1988, I was called uh, by God to preach. In 19, when were we in Bible school? In 1993, we were in Bible school, and that's when God called me to pastor. And uh, we got married. We had the same calling, that kind of thing. And so my goal was to go into ministry, but I didn't want ministry to have to pay for me to go into ministry. I figured, you know what, I'm going to build a business so I can make money on my own and work for a church for free. And you know what? That's a, everybody said that's a good idea. Uh, you know, uh, part of my reason is I didn't want nobody criticizing how I wanted to live. Exactly. See, I'm, I, I, it's not fair to change my dreams just because I become a pastor. Hello. I mean, I would still drive a nice car whether I was a pastor or a pimp. Right. <laughs> it's hard out here for... <laughs> Okay, forget that, forget that, forget that. <laughs> Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. It's okay, it's okay. In other words, I didn't want it to have any issues with people because I was making my own money. So my wife and I, we started a barbershop. I mean, I knew how to cut hair. I loved doing it. It was a passion of mine. I believe God gifted me to do it out of necessities. You know, some gifts come through necessity. You know, I went so far off to school, there was no barbershops in this country. You know, when I say country, it means woods. So I, I had to figure out how to cut my hair. So my mom bought me, a, you know, some wall clippers from Walmart. And I learned how to cut my hair. And I learned how to cut it so good, everybody started asking me, hey, will you cut my hair? So I started a business right there in school. Started making money. I was never broke in school. I always had some money. Even though I told my mom and them I didn't have none, I had some <laughs> So, mama, that was a lie I told y'all. Forgive me. Forgive me. (laughs) But I was doing the right thing the wrong way because that business ended up consuming me to, to the point where I couldn't even go to Bible study. I was running the business six days a week. And on Sunday, I was so tired, I couldn't pay attention. And finally, I figured out, and then, of course, God, you know, when God asks you stupid questions, he's just trying to help you see that you're thinking stupid at the time. He said, is this working for you? (laughs) You know, and sometimes I want to be, you know, be a small, what what do you think? (laughs) You know, no, it wasn't working because I was too busy to be involved in church. And that was the reason why I started the business. So I did the right thing the wrong way. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you can do the right thing the wrong way. Now, how do we prevent misdirection? How do we prevent that? Go to Matthew chapter 1. Go to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew 1. Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to give you some reasons why or how we can prevent misdirection. And then at the end of the lesson, I'm going to actually tell you what to do. When what was right ended up wrong. I'm going to tell you what to do. But I'm, I'm going to give you some, some, some uh, keys here on how to prevent misdirection. Because some of you all are ready to make some 
real major decisions in your life. And uh, some of the decisions you're going to make are going to affect you to the point that if you don't make them properly, they're not going to come out too good. And here's the thing. Here's the first thing. Write this down. We must always have a submitted plan. This is how we prevent misdirection. In in other words, if you want to make sure that every decision you're making in your life, it's okay with God and God wants you to do it and it's in his will for your life. The first thing you got to realize is that your plan must be a submitted plan. In other words, you don't draw the plans up and then say, God bless it. You say, God, what do you want me to do? And let him lead you in the plan. And then the plan is blessed. Look in Matthew chapter one. Are you there? Look in verse 18, Matthew one, verse 18. Now, this happened uh, uh, to me in the life of Joseph. We're talking about how to have, uh, how to prevent misdirection. We must have a submitted plan. And in verse 18, it says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When Martha, uh, mother, the mother, uh, when his, when as his mother, Mary, was a spouse of Joseph, before they came together, she was found with the child of the Holy Ghost. In other words, Joseph's plan was to marry Mary. Right? Right? They were engaged. And he knew the rules. No sex before marriage. He knew that. So he was obeying the rules. His plan was submitted to God. See, this is how you know your plan is submitted to God because it, it agrees with the word. So he was obeying God's word in that area. And then all of a sudden, she busts up and says she's pregnant. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I would have a problem with that. And then what makes it worse is that she says, it says here, she was found with child by the Holy Ghost. Now, hold on a minute. You telling me you pregnant and it ain't my baby. And the Holy Spirit got you pregnant? Girl, what you smoking? I want some of that. (laughs) But see, if you look at the next thing in verse 19, it said Joseph, he was a just man. And then in verse 20, but while he thought on putting her away, because he said, you know, I don't want to have nothing to do with this. But while he thought about it, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, no, keep her as your wife. Because what she has been conceived of is from the Holy Spirit. In other words, Joseph had what he wanted to do submitted to God. And even though by law he had the right to divorce her or to leave her alone, his plan was submitted to God. And there are going to be times when something goes wrong in your life and it was what God told you to do. You were with the person God told you to be with and something happened and you may have the right to leave, but that may not be what God wants you to do. Is your plan submitted to God? We must be willing to obey the plan of God and the direction of God. See here, and you can write this down as number two. After you have a submitted plan, you must be willing, watch this now, to obey that plan. Because, see, you can know what God wants you to do and then don't do it. 
The case was Jonah. Write down Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. It says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. And he says, go to Nineveh, the great city, and, and preach against them or cry against them, for wickedness has come to me. But Jonah rose and he fled to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. How, how can you run from the presence of God? You can't. And the Bible says here, so he paid a fare and went down in a boat to go to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. In other words, Jonah decided, I know what God wants me to do, but I'm not going to do it. And then what made it really bad, he paid to disobey the Lord. It said he paid. Now listen, write this down as a take on statement. This, this is free right here. When you pay your way, you have to stay your way. When you pay your way. See, if you bless yourself, you got to hold on to that blessing. But the blessings of the Lord make you rich and add no sorrow. So you got to be willing to obey the plan and the direction once you, once you have it. Number three, prayer must always proceed pushing forward. I'm talking about how to prevent misdirection. You're making a decision. You want to know if you're making the right one. Well, you, prayer must always proceed pushing forward. You don't push forward and then pray. You, you, you don't put your name on that website, you know, to get a, 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 a mate before you pray. Hot dog, I done hit it a bad spot in the road right there, huh? Well, faith without works is dead. Yeah, but works without faith is dead too. If the Lord didn't tell you to do it, that's faith. What that those that that's 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 not faith, but it's works. Are you are you with me? So, so sometimes we just jump out there and we feel okay. Well, the Lord will bless it. Well, no prayer must proceed. In Proverbs three five and six, just write it down. It says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your your path." So write this down as a take home statement. You should pray your way before you go your way. I'm talking about how to prevent misdirection, how to prevent from making a bad choice. You must pray your way before you go your way. Here's number four. Don't trust your own wisdom in major decisions. Number four. Don't trust your own wisdom in major decisions. Write this down. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. Proverbs twenty eighteen. write that down. It says this, every purpose is established by counsel and with good advice, you can make war. In other words, if you trust your own wisdom, there is a blind spot in your direction. There's a blind spot. Everybody say blind spot. That's why you got to always talk to somebody else. I always talk to somebody. In fact, write down just as an example, 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 1. Uh, there's this king named Jehoiabom or something like that. His dad was king before him. And, uh, but his, and his dad was tough on him, tough on the people. And so when he got in the office, he wanted to, you know, talk to people. So he talked to the old men, the old men. Well, the people said, you know what, we'll serve you. I mean, all of our heart, if, if you just don't be as hard as, as your daddy was. So he talked to the old man, and the old man said, well, you know what? If you'll do that, they'll serve you with all, your, all their heart. So then he went and talked to the young man. The young man said, put it on them harder. Well, who do you think he listened to? The young man. 
And because he did, didn't turn out good. Amen. Amen. So you must now not trust your own wisdom when making a decision. You, here's a good example. You can't just start a, a weed business or a marijuana business in Texas just because it may be legal for some, some people to smoke it. Okay, y'all missed that one. I'm going to say it again. You can't just start a weed business in Texas just because it may be legal for some of the people to smoke it. See, you know, people with glaucoma. See, some of y'all smoking it, but you ain't got glaucoma. No, 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 no. You go, I got spiritual glaucoma. No, you don't. You know, people, there, there are some people that the doctors recommend for some reason for them to smoke marijuana. But that doesn't say, you know, I'm going to start a business selling weed. Well, no, that's not, everybody say that's not wisdom. That's not wisdom. And then last but not least, here's the last one. I got, I'm, I'm good on my time here. You must, this is how to prevent misdirection. You must understand that God has the right to change his mind. I'm going to say it again. You must understand that God has the right to change his mind. If God told you something, he's got the right to change his mind. Everybody say years ago. Years ago when, when my wife and I, were, we were praying and fasting. We knew we were supposed to start a church, but we were praying and fasting. And two states came up, Arizona and Florida. They both had the same thing in common. They're warm states. So we prayed. We had a map on our bedroom wall. And we prayed and prayed, and, and Arizona and Florida came up, and then we narrowed it down, and we started praying about those two. And then all of a sudden, guess what? Florida came up. That's what the Lord wanted us to go. He wanted us to go to Florida. I was cool with that. We started telling people, you know, we had some family out there. And, and then about three years after he told us that, he changed his mind. He said he wanted us to stay here in Texas. Now, I knew my wife would have a problem with that because, number one, Florida is closer to Jamaica than we are right now. Number two, she had more family in Florida than she does in Texas. She didn't have any in Texas at the time. But I knew that that's what God wanted. And when you are making a decision, just because God told you to do something then, God may have changed his mind. You got to go and check back in with him. And that's what some people don't do. They say, God called me to preach. Well, he might have. Did he change his mind? He might not have changed his mind for you to preach, but he may have you preaching the kids. Okay, I ain't getting no claps on that one. Let's go. So you say, well, Pastor, how do, how do you... Uh, how, how do you get out of this mess? How do you... What do you do... When what you did was right, ended up wrong. Number one, you got to trust God and his word to see you through. Because let me tell you a lot of times why things go wrong when we did what was right. Because of the will of another person. That's the only element that God cannot control. He cannot control the will of another, another person. If that was the case, he would have controlled Adam and he would have never stand. Now, let me say, okay, let's look at Adam. God made Adam and his purpose in making Adam was to have fellowship with him, right? 
Do you think God knew that Adam was going to mess up? How many think God knew that? How many think that caught God, God by surprise? Let me see. Anybody? Now, he didn't expect Adam to do it. But because Adam had a will, he allowed Adam to do it. Just like he allows us to do stuff. And so a lot of times something may go wrong that God told you to do because it involved the will of another person. And he can't control that. But what he can control, watch this now, because remember now, the destination won't change, but the direction may change. Are you with me? So here's what you got to believe. Everybody say got to believe. When you're going through, you say, well, God told me to be at this job, and now they're giving me so much hell and difficulty on the job. But I know God told me to have, it, it could be the will of another person that's causing that to happen. So why should you jump ship from the will just because somebody else's will is jacking it up? Well, what we don't know sometimes is that what looked like plan B was really plan A. See, because God already knew Adam was going to mess up, that was really plan A. Because you say, well, no, that was plan B, Pastor, because plan A was to do Adam. Well, do Adam. Well, it was Adam, but how many know God only has plan A's? (laughs) It's plan A, and then plan A, and then plan A. Because he knows that we are creatures of will, so when you just mess up and make a bad choice over here, you know what he does? He says, okay, how can I work this together for their good? So when you're going through that, when you, do, when you did what was right, you got to believe that God is able to work all things together for your good. You got to believe that if God is for you, who can be against you? You got to believe that greater is the person that's in you than he that is in the world. He's able to shift things around if he needs to. You got to believe that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You got to believe that even though with men it may be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. You got to be able to believe that there is nothing too hard for God. You got to believe like Psalms 91.10 says, there shall no evil befall uh, befall me neither shall any plague come not my dwelling for he shall give his angels charge over me to keep me in all of my ways they will bear me up with their hand you got to be able to know that God listen he saw the mess and he can get me out some of you all are trying to run don't run don't, 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 don't give the devil pleasure of thinking you got fear in your heart don't let that supervisor run you. Look, I'm, I'm talking to somebody right now. You're looking for another job. You love your job, but this person is giving you a difficult time. Don't run. Put your gloves on. Put your, put your gloves on. See, and you're not fighting your supervisor. You're fighting the fight of faith. See, you're not really boxing the devil because he didn't already lost. I ain't going to fight. No, I will not fight somebody who didn't already lost. I'm not going to fight somebody that already lost, right? What I'm fighting is doubt. What I'm fighting is fear. What I'm fighting is unbelief. What I'm fighting is, are the tendencies to go back. That's what I'm fighting. But guess what? At the end, I win. So what do you do when you did what was right, but it looked like it's turning out wrong? You trust God through the process. And I believe there are some people today that need to renew their trust in God. 
There's some people in this room, you done gave, you done, you've almost given up. You say, you know what? Uh, I, I, God didn't do it this last time. and he didn't do, did, did you trust him all the way to the end? You got to trust him like you do falling off a cliff. Can't nothing catch you but him. Every head bow and every eye closed. You may be here today. And you've never completely trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior.